Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where we talk about all things eating disorder recovery, autism, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and my mission is to inspire individuals from across the globe to live a life in which they feel fulfilled and free from limiting labels. I am so excited to have you here and cannot wait to dive into the episode. Hey, 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 it's a good day for another podcast episode. And just before we get into this, I want to apologize if you hear any background noise um as i'm currently in my airbnb in san diego and i had to create this insane setup in the closet for (laughs) to record this episode because it's literally so loud staying in downtown and you can hear all the cars and stuff so i'm in the closet with a setup on like a laundry board and boxes and it's super weird um and this is as quiet quiet as it's going to get so thank you for bearing with me and listening because this episode is super important and not only because we're talking about bmi itself but because we're going to be talking about the history of bmi which i feel is not talked about enough and just in case you are living under a rock and don't know what bmi means it stands for body mass index and it is a tool that is used all around the world to classify people into a healthy weight range an underweight weight range an overweight weight range or an obese weight range okay i said weight like way too many times um into ranges based solely on height and weight and if it's so simple Why the heck am I dedicating my time to record a whole podcast episode on this? And that is because I believe it is too simple. And in my opinion, BMI acts as an incredible barrier for people in achieving food freedom and to let go of restriction and dieting. And it's only like multiple times a day that someone sends me a DM saying that they're not quote-unquote supposed to have extreme hunger or are not quote-unquote supposed to be gaining weight because they're supposedly at a healthy BMI. So I figured rather than DMing everyone the same response that BMI is total bullshit and explaining why, I figured why not record an episode explaining everything you need to know about BMI, including how it came to be, how it's used, and whether or not it's really the best, most reliable way to measure health. So I'm going to start off by telling you who came up with BMI, and that is Lambert Adolphe Jacques Quetelet, who was a Belgian astronomer, mathematician, statistician, and sociologist. And Notable here is that Getzelet was nowhere near a medical doctor. Like, already, what the heck, my friends? How in the cheese bubbles did we give a mathematician who knew nothing about the human body permission to give us standards of health? Like, I am flabbergasted. And you are probably too. Well, this is only the beginning, because... This guy, Quetzalet, was best known for his sociological work aimed at identifying the characteristics of l'homme moyen, meaning the average man in French. And this 
quote-unquote average man was his representation of a social ideal. And this ideal was one that he believed to be the mathematical average of a population. Now, Getelet developed a passion for probability calculus that he applied to study human physical characteristics during his work. And his desire to quantify this social idea prompted him to study human growth in the context of populations. These studies led him to conclude that other than the spurts of growth after birth and during puberty, the weight increases as the square of the height, in his words. And in formula, this is someone's weight in kilograms divided by their height squared. And this equation was known as the Getzelet Index until it was named Body Mass Index in 1972 by Ansel Keys. And you may have heard the name Ansel Keys before, as he um, is famous for conducting the Minnesota starvation experiment, which does an excellent job at illustrating the physical effects of starvation and was very helpful in anorexia research. But that's a whole nother topic. And for now, we're just going to stick to seeing him as an American physiologist who studied the impact of diet on health. And back to Ketelet, a very important aspect in the invention of BMI is the time frame in which it took place. Because let me just say, Getzelet's invention is fucking old. <laughs> like, it's ancient. His studies were published during the early 19th century. So that's the 1800s, you guys. That's like over 200 years ago. This is a time when there were no computers, no electronic devices, and there were no calculators that could accurately assess or even examine the human body like we can do with the technology of today. And I do want to reiterate that Getzelet developed his BMI system based on a simple math formula. Well, we know, or rather I feel we should know, that no number, no number can ever capture the complexity of our bodies and any associated health issues. Now, not to mention, the 1800s were a boom time for racist science. Getzelet's studies were based solely on the size and measurement of French and Scottish men, meaning that people of color, immigrants, poor people, and disabled people were not taken into account. And did you hear another group that's missing? Zero women were part of this study, yes. Zero women were part of this study. This means that the index was devised exclusively by and exclusively for white Western European men. Like, I'm sorry, but what? How is it even acceptable that doctors, nutritionists, and basically every person in the traditional healthcare system nowadays, and mind you, 200 years later, is using the system to diagnose and treat illnesses? Like, guys, I, I seriously, I can't, I cannot wrap my head around this. But the worst part is that there's more. Because by the turn of the next century, after Getzelet had invented this index, so in the 1900s, the BMI system quickly gained popularity as a tool to assess whether people were over, under, or at a healthy weight. 
And even today, we all know that BMI is used as a means to determine overall health, which is, again, just flabbergasting, considering that so many factors are not taken into account. Think about muscle-to-fat ratio, bone density, body type, gender, and age. And as I often describe as a key factor when it comes to regaining trust with our bodies during recovery from an illness such as an eating disorder or any other kind of malnutrition, a higher body fat percentage is often so, so necessary to ensure proper healing because your body needs that extra cushion to start trusting you again that you are not in a famine environment. And the latest science has disproved so many common myths about size, health, and weight loss. So why are we so obsessed about our place on a BMI chart? Are you currently experiencing extreme hunger and do you feel that you're becoming a binge eater? Or perhaps you are constantly thinking of ways to deserve food or make up for it. Or you just feel overridden with gut-wrenching guilt every time you eat something unplanned or miss a workout. If any of that resonates, you are in luck because I am interrupting my very own episode to tell you about my one-on-one coaching program. One of my favorite quotes is that your mess will become your message and my coaching program was really born out of that. I created this program after being told that I was a hopeless case by a clinical psychiatrist over six years ago. I thought there was something wrong with me and that I was simply uncurable, but I quickly learned that I wasn't the only one being pushed aside by their doctors and healthcare providers. It was the system that was failing patients, not to mention how most treatment centers or insurance companies only support those who fit the eating disorder stereotypes. As the years went on and I finally dug myself out of the deep hole the eating disorder had created for me, I continued to hear horror story after horror story from clients being disregarded and being labeled as too complex by the so-called professionals. In the traditional healthcare system, it really is unfortunate that you fall between land and ship when you're dealing with more than one mental health issue, and you're often told to first quote-unquote fix the other issues before they can help you with tackling your eating disorder. But it does not work like that. An eating disorder never stands alone, so why should you? My promise when it comes to coaching is to guide you on the path to freedom, whatever that looks like for you. You don't need to fit a stereotype or be at a low weight or even feel sick enough to get help. In fact, if any part of your life is compromised by disordered eating, you are sick enough and have every right to help. Whatever you're going through right now, please know that you are never alone and I am so open to exploring how we can find freedom for you together. I have stood in your shoes and am so incredibly passionate about the power of lived experience. I thought that I was never going to get better, yet here I am, thriving. And if I can do it, so can you. 
During our time together, we will approach your recovery holistically. We'll explore what's holding you back, discover what you need, and unlock your full potential because you are so beautiful and unique, my friend. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me at livelabelfree.com forward slash schedule. That's livelabelfree, like the name of this podcast, dot com forward slash schedule. So that's S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E. I absolutely cannot wait to chat. Now, let's get back to the episode. Like any other historic tool, BMI is a product of its social context. With all the technological advances made in just the last couple of decades, is it not just a tiny bit odd that medical professionals use something as simple as a math formula to determine whether someone is quote-unquote healthy or not? All around the world, patients with a history of eating disorders are being told they are quote-unquote recovered simply because they have reached a quote-unquote healthy BMI. But what about the mental aspect? What about all the other physical aspects? What about the absence of a period in women, or the fatigue, or the obsessive thoughts about food, or the mental extreme hunger? These are all signs that your body is still malnourished and cannot be measured by a simple math formula. Like, seriously! Back in the 1800s, BMI was created solely because there was no better alternative. Now, there are so many different measurement tools that you can get a pretty good image of someone's well-being when you put all these pieces together. From a quick blood draw, doctors can notice any deficiencies or surpluses in the body and even how well certain organs are functioning. However, I do believe in a holistic approach to health, meaning that you have to take all factors of someone's life into account. And, of course, assuming that you have no underlying conditions, I do feel the best markers of health are as simple as observing the way you're treating your body and listening to its signals. What are your eating and drinking habits like? How often do you get outside and move in your body in a way that brings you joy? Are you getting enough sleep? If you're feeling shitty and sad, I think we can all agree that your spot on a BMI chart on the wall is pretty negligible. And although it almost seems too simple to ask yourself the questions I just asked, it often is that simple and we don't need a simple math formula to take the place of our ever so intelligent body. And it's no coincidence that obesity and the prevalence of eating disorders were almost inexistent in the amounts we see them today before we even knew about calories or diets. And just, it could just be me, but we did seem to do better at life when we knew less. Unfortunately, we can't always change our surroundings or the culture we live in. Um, It's the reality that in our current day and age, there are constantly new fad diets, health claims, and more crap being added to our food. And I understand that this can make it so incredibly difficult to stay true to yourself and true to your body. However, crunching numbers into calorie counters or watching YouTube videos on how much some random influencer eats in a day or 
pinpointing your place on a BMI chart, all these things will never even get you close to understanding how to nourish your body in a way that works for you. We are all so incredibly unique and our bodies all have different needs and we have totally overcomplicated how to respond to something as simple as the presence of a hunger cue, which from a biological standpoint is so confusing for your body if you overcomplicate things. It's just such a paradox because overcomplicating how to be healthy leads to health complications that could have easily been avoided. And as hard as it is to silence the noise the health industry has created and how easy it is to compare yourself to the millions of models and influencers on the internet, which I just want to mention that most of these photos are photoshopped or fake, um, one of the most important markers of health and honestly the most reliable is the way you feel, the way you feel in every sense of the word. So if you're asking yourself now, how can I know if I'm healthy if I can't pin a data point on a BMI chart, I want you to reframe that question to what can I do to feel good? Which actions can I take to support my health? Because if you follow that intuition and honor what your body is telling you, health will come naturally. And that is the note I want to end on. Um, But before I do, please screenshot this and share it with whoever you think would benefit, whether it's just a friend or your Instagram community. And I love how so many of you have been appreciating this podcast and the value I have been giving you guys and the time I've been putting into creating this content. Um, because every piece of feedback and every share and every message just warms my heart more than you know and it motivates me to continue to put out more valuable content. I am so incredibly grateful to you, dear listener, and I will be back in your ears next week. Bye-bye!